Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Okay, how's everybody doing? It's so good to be together. want to just uh, jump into a lot of stuff here. If you're worshiping with us online, we're so glad you're here as well, and we welcome you. Um, and uh, I'm so, it's so hard sometimes not to just say what is going through my head. <laughs> it's so hard. Oh. And, 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 and sometimes it doesn't work. It, it comes out anyway, you know. But uh, man, it's just great to be together. It's great to worship the Lord. It's good to be in his presence. It's, man, we've just had some great prayer times today and just getting to see that hunger released. And may the Lord, I mean, just may the Lord continue what he's doing in worship in us. I just, I just that's, my, that's my heart. That's why we started the church. We want to be able to worship in spirit and truth and freedom. And, uh, you know, here we are. So I, I exhort you, you know, to keep experimenting, keep, keep trying to follow the Lord in worship and do the stuff that's in there. You know, the standing, falling, kneeling, clapping, shouting, dancing, prostrate. You don't have to do that all the time, but occasionally do a prostrate thing. That'll stretch you, I, you know. Usually for me, the way it happens, I'll, I'll stop, but the one story is I'm on my knees, so, you know, the song said, bow down before the Lord, and I'm bowing down, I'm on my knees, I kneel before you, or something like that, and just do what the song says. I mean, that, that'll help you take a next step in worship. And uh, why am I out of breath? It's weird. Uh, we just all breathe together. Um, but uh, just occasionally then it will happen. I'll, I'll hear the Lord say, just go ahead and just be humble. Just lay out before me, you know. And uh, that's good. So just take next steps. Like I'm just telling you a story just to take next steps. Um, yeah, so we're in a 30-30 challenge right now. And uh, so this is 30 minutes in the morning each day, 30 minutes with the Lord for 30 days. And it's just a way of just encouraging everybody to jump in, to to start that most important practice that I can encourage you in. And uh, already hearing testimonies, one person had a family member that had been kind of estranged from the Lord who's now jumping in on the 30 for 30 challenge with us. And they're excited about that. I mean, good stuff's going to happen if you spend 30 minutes for 30 days with the Lord. Just good stuff. It, is, it will be good for you. I promise. There may be some discipline at the start, but it will be good for your soul. It's good for us. Uh, I heard about a new believer is doing this for the first time, leaving the Bible open all day long. Keep going back by the, the Bible. Uh, and, and then the, the guides that we gave, uh, one guy was calling, calling them a cheat sheet. And uh, he liked using the cheat sheet, that it really helped him in the mornings to have a fresh time with God. So use the cheat sheet. <laughs> Use any kind of cheat sheet that'll help you, uh, that's not the right word maybe, but that will help you get fresh in your time with the Lord. Um, one of the things I've been doing, Aaron created a 30-30 Spotify playlist for this time. And, and I think it went out through the life group leaders, but just you can search Spotify for uh, Antioch Fort Worth playlist in 30-30. And it's just awesome. 
There's so many like pressing into the Lord's songs, new ones I haven't heard before, and it just kept me tender all week long. So it's a good thing to do, just, just worship through your day as much as you can. So we started a new series last week called Walking Inside the Story, Living Inside the Story, the ethics of how we do this. And we talked last week about reorienting life to God's Son, God's Spirit, God's story, and God's love. And just we want to be people that are reorienting to the actual story, to the, to the big picture story of God, and not being co-opted by all the other lesser version stories that are out there. The American story, the materialistic story, the political story, whatever that might be that, that people get sucked into in a way that it, it's like borderline, is my allegiance more there or with Jesus? Or some kind of a, a blended, syncretistic blending that that's not allegiance to Jesus if we can question whether or not our first allegiance is to Jesus or to this party. That's the truth, man. And so, so Jesus, first and foremost, his story, the story of God, or other materialism story, or here's another one I didn't mention last week, the tit-for-tat story. That's where somebody does something to you, and you have to do something back to them. And if all you want to do, if you want to see that story, watch the news. It's just, they did this, and so they're doing that back, and this is politically expedient, and that's what you do, and you don't let them get away with that. That is not the kingdom of God. It's not the kingdom of God. So uh, Jesus um, forgave. He forgave us, calls us to forgive, calls us to serve others, to uh, lay our lives down uh, for others. And so one of the things we saw last week was just that in the baptism, the love of God that we're invited into, that we've been included into the Father's love for the Son by being in Christ and in the fullness of that love shared in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is praying, Father, I want them to see my glory because you love me before the beginning of the world, before the creation of the world. So we're invited to experience that love, the, the identity, our identity is in that love. Our, our, the, the ground of our very existence is the love of God. Out of the overflow of his love, he created us. And so that's what we're looking at there at that baptism last week. I, I didn't spend enough time there, but just the more you know the love of God and abide in the love of God, the more you're going to have fear pushed out of your life. The more you're going to have anxiety pushed out of your life. It, it can't stand in the same place. And the, the more shame gets pushed out of our life. And so God is this phenomenal, unbelievably good God who's making all things right, reconstituting the whole story of Adam and Israel and making things right and inviting us into this wonderful good news. Just, it's, it's just so good. It's incredible. Um, amen. So today, that was just a little review last week. And then today we're talking about the king and the kingdom. So this is the king and the kingdom part of the story. And it's, a, it's integral you know, and it is, it, it is, by the way, the message of Jesus. So this is what Jesus went around preaching is the kingdom of God. And that sounds strange to our ears, but we've got to immerse ourselves in it so that it's not weird to us. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a really, uh, this is an important message because those of you who've been around for a while, 
You know that, we're, that we have preached the gospel of the kingdom for 28 years or so. That's when I really started first uh, seeing that. We had a brother come named John Brown. And, uh, and the gospel, when I first started hearing it, it was like, but what about the gospel that's being preached in all the church in America, in the primary? And it's, it's just such a truncated version of, of the gospel. In fact, I'm out of order, Lloyd, but just go ahead and put that, that Apple picture up there. Just, I'm getting here in a different way, it looks like. And so the gospel of the kingdom is like a bushel of apples and where maybe we've, we've, we've focused on one or two apples. Like you can have your sins forgiven and you can go to heaven when you die. Um, but there's like, there's like average 125 apples in a bushel. Looks about right. There's a lot more good newses in the gospel of the kingdom than just one piece. And it's salvation and life and healing and deliverance and wholeness and community. And out of bondage and into life, out of death and into life, out of darkness and into light. So the gospel of the kingdom is this incredible thing. And John would come, uh, John Brown from Georgia would come and, and he and just, I remember two times, two different, all these trips he would come. And I met him at a cell church conference one time and, and had this, I'm, I'm, Lord, lead us through this time. I'm going to just, I'm, I'm flowing here. Um, and I, I, not in the notes, uh, but, but J John, uh, I met him, had, had a lunch with him at the cell church thing. And I didn't know, but he hadn't spoken publicly in three years. The Lord had brought him through this cross period, a silent period. He'd been a church planter across the Midwest for years and really knew the Lord. But he was in this kind of silent time. And, and on Monday morning after meeting him on a Saturday, I picked up a, I had this thought. I think I'm supposed to call John and ask him to move from Dallas, Georgia, where, where he lives outside of uh, Atlanta to Dallas, Texas. We were in Grapevine at the time. Dallas, John Brown, Dallas, Georgia, Dallas, Dallas Texas. And, uh, and then I, I told Kim, I, I leaned her, hey, Kim, I think I just got a word to ask this guy to come and move and be with us. We all do stuff like that just weekly, right? And uh, she goes, oh, Jamie, that sounds bizarre. Just go back to bed. And, and uh, for real. And so I kind of, I, I was wrestling, turning, and, and I lean over. And somebody gave me this Watchman Knee uh, devotional, Table in the Wilderness. And I read, I open up to about the third day or something, just randomly pick it up and said, today may be one of the most important days of your life. And it's about, it's not about you. It's about who you're going to call. And the question is, will you make the call? I threw the book down. I was like, ah, Kim, the book. And ah, I think I'm supposed to call this guy. And so I call him and John, you know, he says, let me pray about it. And so he prays, you know, he doesn't even flinch that I'm asking him to move. And he's that kind of brother. And so, uh, so, so he prays, he calls me back and said, I don't, I don't have a word about moving there, but I do believe that I'm supposed to come. And so he comes, you know, and back then I had a day timer. It's a, you know, no clue. So it's a, it's a paper kind of calendar thing that you hold and you keep appointments and things like that. And it's the precursor of iCal. And uh, so he got there and I was like, John, so when you, when you leaving, you know, what's the, what are we going to do here? And, 
And I'd never had anybody say this before, but he said, you know, brother, I think the Lord will show us when it's time for me to go. Uh, that was out there. Uh, it felt very Old Testament prophety kind of thing. I was like, okay, wow, you know. And so he stayed about six days with us, and he taught. And he would teach us until the, the cup was overflowing and it was running out on the table. And he, and he would say things like, I, th- I think I've said enough for now. And we're like, don't stop. I mean, this is all day long and into the evening for five, six days straight. And, but we, he taught us about the kingdom. And that was a, it was a real time of discipleship. And one of the things he taught about was the gospel of the kingdom of God and, help us, and helping us to see that this is not, this is a, a fuller picture of the gospel. You know, not just put that other slide up there. This is kind of the, the more normal way. You know, it's my personal salvation. It's about me, existentially me, individual me, and my personal experience in going to heaven. And so then what that does, though, if we don't preach the gospel of the kingdom, then it makes like discipleship, following Jesus, it makes it seem like an add-on. It makes it seem like an optional thing. And oh, by the way, you can be a disciple if you want to. Oh, by the way, you can obey Jesus if you want to, but you've got heaven. So it's just a great way of contrasting the fact that God calls us to follow him. Jesus is calling us to follow him, to order our lives around him, for him to be uh, the first allegiance in our lives. And so this, is, this, this word, I know it subverts a lot of our thinking, just the water that we swim in since the Reformation in particular. And those are, you know, it was, they were discovering truth then that they needed then to fight the indulgences and you can pay your way out of hell and all these different bizarre things. No, we're saved by grace through faith. Amen. But there's more than that message. There, it's, it's one of the apples, important, but it's not all of the bushel of, of apples. So it's, that's a big deal. And uh, we, we just have to, you know, Matthew is writing his gospel after the resurrection, and he's writing to uh, Christians, right? He's writing to people that, that, uh, that, Jewish Christians in particular. But one of the things that struck me as I read the end of Matthew just the other day was how often he actually is called uh, the king, like the king over and over again, like Pilate, the Jewish leaders. Uh, they didn't want to say that he was the king, but they're calling him the king. Are you the king then of the Jews? You just said it. That's basically what Jesus says to Pilate. But then it's the, it's the leaders, it's the soldiers mocking him. It's, it's put on above his head on the cross. This is the king of the Jews. And then the Jewish leaders come by and mock him again. You're, you say you're the king of the, the, the Jews, then get down off the cross. So the reality that Matthew wants us to understand is that Jesus is indeed the king and that his gospel, his good news is about the, the good news about the kingdom of God. And we've done the background on this so many times, but now you, you can understand as we're telling the sweeping story, the promise to David, the promise that he would have a son on the throne forever, that when Jesus comes and says, I'm the Messiah, I'm the son of God. I am the king. 
The king is here. And the message he preached was that the kingdom of God has come near to us. Repent, turn your life and get in line with the kingdom of God. And that message hasn't changed because we're 2,000 years later. Same message. Same message. It hasn't changed because we're enlightened Western Christians. It hasn't changed because we went through the Reformation. The message hasn't changed. Same, same message about the kingdom of God. It's a vital part of the story. And, and so we want to read it and understand and preach it. Again, if you've been around a while, you, this is not, not new. And if you're newer, then you have to think through that because it does subvert. It's like that's the water we swim in just kind of in Western Christianity, right? So just this first allegiance to Jesus Christ, and it will cut through so much that's messy and syncretistic in our culture, especially as it relates to Christians and all different kinds of other allegiances. Let's stand up, if you would, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, and we're going to read the chapter together. Father, bless the reading of your word. Open our eyes, just as we're, let's just breathe, and just, Holy Spirit, would you enlighten, would you give light to just each and every person, something they're supposed to see in this chapter as we read the Word of God together. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And their splendor, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, to the people living in darkness have seen a great light and on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing the nets, and Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. 
Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and all the people brought to, uh, the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering with severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. And this is the word of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Amen. Y'all have a seat? Okay. So this message about the king and the kingdom is about us participating in the king's story, in the gospel, in the good news, in the story about the reign of God that has come to the earth in Jesus Christ. God is reigning. God is reigning. It's prophesied. It's, we're going to proclaim good news to the people. Our God reigns. He reigns. And so here's the main thing today. Jesus is the king, and he's calling us to radically reorient life to the kingdom of God. So we're, we want to learn the kingdom way. And just like I said last week, it's going to take humility to do this. Like it's really going to take humility for us to hear this in a way that we don't just tune it out and say, I've already heard it. And I just, again, encouraging, trying to be fatherly and for us not to throw our hands up in frustration and just, I can't do it. The Holy Spirit is going to help us. He's our helper. He's going to, but we want to just continually be saying, Lord, I don't have it figured out. I need you. I want to worship my way forward. I want to pray my way forward. So I want to learn the kingdom way. So, and I'm just, this learning the kingdom way is a few different things here. In our battles against the enemy. That's the first one. I want to learn the kingdom way. So Jesus models for us, just prototype humanity, the kinds of things that humans go through. You know, we have battles with the flesh when we're really hungry and the enemy comes to us and he's kind of holding something out and we're like, that's what I want to fill my stomach with, but it's not the right thing. I mean, too much of whatever or just all different kinds of things that we could put in there that's not the best for us. And so the Lord wants to empower us and we respond with the word we, we respond by saying, Lord, I want to fellowship with you. I want to live by your word in this situation. Lord, speak your word to me in this situation. It could be a Bible verse, but it could be something specific that the Lord says, this is how I want to help you through this. This is how I want to help you through. And I, 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 want, to be, I want to be more the treasure of your life than that thing. You, you know, and just, I suppose... On the kingdom message, I, I, somebody, I was talking with somebody the other day and said, I just, for me, you just keep coming back to that thing about Jesus being the treasure. And that does help me to see that it's not just kind of believing some stuff, but he's the treasure of our lives. He is first and foremost, he's the treasure above all other treasures. And so, and so that's why we say around here a lot, when did Jesus become your treasure? absolute number one and down through the years there's been so many I just I hear the stories and people will say you know I was in a church but it wasn't until I heard you say that about Jesus being the treasure that he became like oh I there's I, I need to give my whole life to him and this is the story that we're in 
So yeah, just amen. And so then that next piece is something we all go through as well. And that is, it's kind of like the lie that God's not good. Can you really trust him? Do, do we need to go ahead and do something right now? Take a shortcut, you know? And Jesus says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. And then that third one, you know, on the, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world if you'll bow down and worship me. And what does Jesus not say to him? Well, you don't have all those to give. You, you can't give the kingdoms of the world. He doesn't say that. He says, worship the Lord. But what that does communicate and should help us when we're dealing with temptations about the kingdoms and the powers of the world that are around us is to wake up and go, is, is the U.S., is the United States any less a kingdom power of the world than Rome was? Are we any less an empire than Rome? I, I would say we're more. I mean, we could, we could wipe Rome off the face of the map and not even have to send soldiers like as they were back then. That makes sense. But the powers are all still working in all of that. The powers are at work. Do not let yourself be co-opted by the powers. Just look to Jesus first. Trust Jesus first. Learning the kingdom way is learning to battle with our eyes on Jesus, dealing with the temptations of the flesh, dealing with our tendency to take a shortcut and not go for the long haul with God, and dealing with our temptation to put our trust, even if it's syncretistically, in the the powers around us rather than putting our trust and faith in Jesus who is the king and you know all of this stuff you know it's like you know, we're always calibrating that's why we're, it's the, the repent call is it's always fresh it's not just something you did one time when you were 12 or 18 or something and then you came to the Lord it's a lifelong turning recalibrating Jesus that's why we need worship and prayer Jesus, you are the Lord. So it's, it's a lifelong allegiance. Um, and, and being aware of when we're giving our allegiance to someone or something else besides Jesus, who is the king. Okay, make sense? I know there's, it's uh, just, I know it's a lot to process, but it's good news. It's the good news. It's the best life. For us, it's the best life, you know. It's the best life, and our so and we learn the kingdom way in our battles against the enemy, and in realigning our life to the kingdom, our lives to the kingdom message. We realign. That's why I'm already preaching repentance. But in fact, for anybody that needs to hear the word repentance, like we're talking about repentance all the time, like we're constantly talking about repentance. Anytime I'm talking about turn your mind, change your mind, align your life, align your mind. That's all repentance stuff. It's just different words so that you're not just like, oh, just stop talking about repentance. But we need it. <laughs> we, need, we constantly need to calibrate to Jesus, who is the Lord and the King and the life giver. Yeah, praise the Lord. You know, so that next piece there is Jesus goes off and he's, he's preaching in this. He goes to Capernaum and then Matthew's quoting Isaiah 9, which is 1 through 7, land of Zebulun, Naphtali. But he quotes verses 1 and 2 
of Isaiah chapter 9. So let's turn back to Isaiah 9. Just get a little bit broad sweep at the story here. And what you're going to see is then through the lens of Jesus, then, whoa, there's more impact than I previously saw in Matthew about our lives being touched and impacted by this incredibly good news word here. Check it out. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. This is verse 2 of Isaiah 9. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I mean, that is exactly what's happened in the incarnation of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Just boom. We are in the dark groping around. You can't, you can't see and you can't, and I'll just say it, you can't think you know more than what is revealed in the light of the world, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There's no God behind the back of Jesus. It's not, yeah, Jesus, but I've got these other deeper ideas about God. It doesn't. He's the light of the world. He is the light of the world. It's good news, man. It just, there it is, and then there it is in Jesus later. I feel like I'm trying to preach here. Okay, and so verse 3, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy, which is exactly what happens in the presence of God, his joy and life. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder, it's like, it's like finding the treasure. When you find the treasure of all treasures, you get excited about it. You want to live in line with Jesus, who is the treasure of all treasures. And will, there's just something, I was even reflecting on my own story about how yesterday, Kim and I were talking about this, how the Lord just cut things off that were in my past and addictions because Jesus started being the treasure. It wasn't that I worked harder on this. I just became more in love with Jesus. And it, and it just radically changed my life. I'm rejoicing in Jesus. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the, their oppressor. So when the Savior is coming, when the King Jesus comes into the world, he breaks the back of oppression. He sets people free out of bondage and into freedom. So joy and freedom and light in his presence, freedom out of bondage and into life, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire what do you think that's saying i mean there's there's coming a day when there's not going to be battles and wars anymore when people won't learn about it and it's going to be done away with and we're to be kingdom people that, that live in the midst of the tension of all the stuff that's going on in the world, but point to the peace that's coming in Jesus. Amen. For to us, this isn't just a Christmas verse, come on. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's who He is. And of the greatness and the increase of His government and His peace, there will be no end. And He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom. Here it is. We're tying the story together. And Jesus is coming on the scene. 
He will reign over David, on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I mean, that's so rich. I mean, he's going he's gonna to reign with justice and, and righteousness, making things right. Just, justice is love being put on display. That's what, that's what righteousness is, making things right. We're called to be this people, this people under King Jesus that live in ways that point to what he's doing in the world, that the kingdom really has, in fact, broken in, that, that the age that's coming has broken into this age right now. And we are people that live under his reign, expressing that good, right, righteous, just, peaceful reign in the world right now. There's this uh, guy, a famous uh, Sermon on the Mount scholar named Glenn Stassen, and uh, he's with the Lord now, but um, he's got a great little book, one of the ones I'm drawing on for this series. And uh, one of the things he talks about is, uh, go ahead and put that slide up, are these, uh, that's a bunch of passages, I'm not going to go through those now, but these 17 key passages, I think there's more, but 17 passages that, that speak of God coming, that speak of the reign of God breaking in, that speak of, and, and in those 17 passages, God's presence or is spirit or light, like we've just been reading about, nine different times. Deliverance or salvation, 17 times. Peace, 14 times. Healing, 7. Joy, 12. Return from exile, 9. Righteousness or justice, 16 times. And those themes are just literally put on display in the Sermon on the Mount and in the life of Jesus, who is that king, who brings that kingdom, who brings that righteousness and that justice to the world. And so, you know, if we don't understand the context of what's going on, we won't understand what's being said in the story. We'll miss it. We'll just make it about existentially about us or it's about me and miss that, whoa, there's like a massive story going on here that God wants us to orient our lives to and be a part of. And the story continues. We, we, we hopped on a moving train. This thing's been going for a long time and, and we've got our part to play on the stage of life. I don't know what I'm doing. Just, uh, just right now, we're, we're, it's, it's our time. It's our time to live this out and to express it. And he's saying the, the time is now. The time is now. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is here. The time is now, not later. Repent, realign your life. The kingdom of heaven has come near, is the way he says it in Matthew. So, so then we're learning the kingdom way, the way we fight our battles, and realigning our life to the kingdom message in following Jesus, uh, in following King Jesus. I mean, that's what that next paragraph is about. It's about him calling us to follow him. And the reason I, I'm, I'm not going to say much here, but I'm moving on, but just that's the call. It's not something else, right? You know, it's not just believe and maybe do some following stuff. It's, he wants you to follow him. He's doing, he's, he's, he's beckoning me and he's beckoning you. Um, it's just really fresh right now. I, I just going over that story originally with Kim, I, 
I was going to kill myself. My eyes were closed. I was crying my eyes out, and I was thinking about death. And suddenly, before my closed eyes, I, I saw in my mind's eye, Jesus, just suddenly, I wasn't praying to him. I wasn't expecting him. And I saw a man in a white robe with a gold sash. I knew it was, I said, Jesus, if that's you, you've got to save me because I am so lost. I was at death's door. And, I, and he was smiling like this and just, you know, beckoning me to him. In the Jesus Hour meetings lately, I keep having this picture of the Lord doing this with me. And he's got some kind of wild tunic on. And I think it has something to do with the church fathers. You know me. And, and something, something about the story of God. And he's saying, come on, walk with me. You know, and he's saying that to everybody here this morning. Walk with me. Follow me. I'll, I'm going to send you out to fish for people. Isn't that great? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's not the only uh, vocation metaphor that we could use. We could use all kinds of vocation metaphors. I'm going to send you out to f- help people fly around the world. And <laughs> Mark works for American. Um, I don't know. Just, but, but unless it's illegitimate or, a, you know, something wrong, the Lord wants to use our callings, our, our different vocations and places and spaces and spheres to, to touch the world around us and people around us. And the final thing there is that we learn the kingdom way in doing what Jesus did, in doing the stuff. Remember John Wimber from the vineyard years ago? He, he'd read the Bible and he went to some, I forget what kind of church it was. He was a brand new believer. He'd been a, a producer for the Righteous Brothers. Uh, What's the song, Righteous Brothers? You got that love and feeling. Uh, Top Gun, yeah. Uh, Everybody's like, "Eh." stay in spirit. And uh, Righteous Brothers, John Wimber, he he goes to church. He says, "Well, when are we gonna when are we gonna do the stuff? When are we gonna do the stuff? Like, you know, I keep reading all this. It's just everywhere, you know. And so." You know, just I think part of that is a journey in Western culture, scientific rationalism. The only things that are real are what you can see and taste and touch and just experience and do a scientific experiment around. And it just totally discounts the world of the spirit and power. And, and so Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom. Here you go. So he preaches the kingdom and then he touches hurting people there's sickness and they're ill and they're suffering in severe pain the demon possessed so that just uh, under the oppression of the enemy having seizures and paralyzed and he healed them and so what the lord is calling us to do is to do what he did to follow him to be in a situation and you hear a, a a hurting person you don't just turn your back and walk away you have compassion. And sometimes even part of the, the healing is just listening to hurting people. People want to be heard and cared about and loved and, and, and certainly see that kingdom, that coming age that is broken into this age. We can totally, with authority in Jesus' name, pray for the sick, man. Don't, don't leave somebody unprayed for. Don't, don't, don't have a, uh, just that, that only happened back then kind of mindset. Jesus, the kingdom is here. It hasn't fully arrived in its fullness, but it's here. 
Every changed life that you can testify to what the reign of Jesus has done in you is a life that testifies to his power. And it, that the need for broken people to receive healing, freedom, help, healing, you know, all that stuff hasn't changed. So let's do what he did. Well, and, you know, the effect, when we do that, the effect on people is powerful, not just for their individual lives, but for their families. When somebody's healed and they tell their families, you know, and people start coming to the Lord, they, you know, that, that's part of what sal the word salvation means is healing. So, amen. Um, just, um, yeah, and then, so that sets us up for getting into the Sermon on the Mount starting next week with the Beatitudes. So, and we learn the kingdom way, not just in these things I've been talking about today, following him, doing what he did, but in believing and obeying what he taught, right? So all the different ways we tried to evade, you know, get out of, you know, just the different things we do to get out of the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord is just graciously wanting us to open our eyes up. It's not just for back then. It's not just a dispensation that's before the cross that invalidate the words of Jesus. He's the center. He's the king. He's the Lord. We want to do what he's calling us to do. And it just requires constant, just an outpouring of his love and grace to do that, a dependency upon him. But here's the thing. God loves you so utterly and completely. So utterly and completely. He's demonstrated his, and this is hard for people to hear, but his love is unconditional. It's it, because he sent his son. He, for him to undo his love for you, he would have to undo the incarnation. He would have to undo the cross and thereby deny his very being and who he is as God. He, he's not going to do that. Even if we shake our fist at him, you know, he's not going to undo his love for you. Nothing can separate you from his, the fact that he loves you. Not angels or demons or death. Nothing. So, where are you, where are you at today? Just, just, we're all in different places. But this is a call to the king. This is a call to the kingdom. Come, come to Jesus. And you know, if you, if you know that Jesus is the treasure of your life, praise God. But if you would say, I have not really, you know, made, he hasn't been really the treasure of my life, then man, let's start that today. Let's start that journey. So many people, that, that's the testimony of so many people because it's presented in a way like, well, I, I, what am I doing? I want to follow Jesus as the Lord and the King the lover of my soul, my first allegiance in all of life. If you're battling the enemy right now, then let's go to Jesus with it. Let's go to Jesus with his word for your specific situation, whether it's the flesh, desires, taking a shortcut. I'm battling with all the stuff that's going on in the world, and I need to get my life in the right alignment to Jesus, who is the Lord and the King. There's so many things I could say. I know there's, if there's illnesses and sickness here, we want to pray for people. But if you would, stand up. Let's respond to the good news. The good news, the gospel, that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the king, that his kingdom is here.
right now. It's come near. The reign of God has come. And we want to believe and respond and orient our lives to Jesus. You know, I, one of the things I wanted to just touch on again, just we're ambassadors, you guys. That's, that's who we are. We're called to be ambassadors. Our citizenship is, is dual. We share citizenship. If you're a U.S. citizen, you've got that citizenship, but we're citizens of heaven. And we're called to be ambassadors of the king. And we live in a way that is not just like everybody else. We are a distinct community of people that have ordered our lives and are encouraging each other. You encourage me, Micah does, you know, and, and James encourages me. And I want to encourage Ben, ben I, I have to go to everybody that encourages me now. But we encourage each other, right? We, we need each other to do this. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. And we stand as a light. We're going to see that in a couple of weeks. As a light in the midst of a world that desperately needs the Lord, right? So prayer team, come on up. Just, we're responding about Jesus, struggles, battles. We need healing. Um, you know, if you've been around, you know we do this every week. Man, let's, if there's something the Lord's speaking to you, just, yeah, Lord, what, just ask the Lord, what is it? Lord, how do you want me to respond to this message about you being the king and your kingdom? How do you want me to respond in my life today? And let's just go for it. Respond. Come to the front. Give your life to him in a fresh way. Start the journey if you've not started the journey. Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the king. Lord, save us out of lesser stories right now. Save us out of lesser stories. Connect us to the, the story of God. In the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord. Your love. You're the treasure. <laughs>